Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Gonna be talking baseball. Finally, we had the baseball season upon us. And I gotta tell you, I am utterly perplexed at some of what I'm reading. Like, in terms of dialogue and the odds that I'm seeing. I don't really understand how we arrived at the numbers we did in terms of projections. because. You know, I'll just come out and say it. I think overall there was a bad job done with projections in terms of how the AL shapes up this year. And, you know, I'll just say it. Look, I have not seen a single projection for the New York Yankees that has the team winning anything less than 90 games. And I don't know why. The New York Yankees barely scraped into the playoffs last year with 92 wins. They are older. They had a pretty healthy year overall from both Aaron Judge and Stanton, which has not happened before. And still, 92 wins when we know for a fact that this team struggled for the vast majority of the year and required a very hot run. We talked about this throughout the season. We talked about this. I told you guys exactly how this was going to play out, what the Yankees needed to do come late July into August, how hot they would need to be hitting-wise to carry over a win streak to make the playoffs. And they actually did that. They had their Field of Dreams game. They put up big numbers uh, in the in the months of uh, the summer, particularly August. They had their win streak. Everyone got on the bandwagon. And I told you guys, in September, it was going to be a dogfight to make the playoffs, and they were going to need some luck to happen to make the playoffs, which is exactly what happened. Because the Blue Jays fell one game short because they stubbed their toe on a couple of games they shouldn't have lost, namely to the Orioles. The Yankees barely got in. They were cold, still got knocked out in the play, uh, uh, the wild card game. And that was that for the Yankee season. Yet, somehow, I have seen projections anywhere from 92, 95, 96, 97, 
all the way to Pakota uh, from baseball perspectives of all places. Uh, the Pakota projections for the Yankees got them at 99 wins. Uh, what? <laughs> like, I, 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 I just don't understand. I don't understand this. I don't understand how in statistical models are projecting the Yankees up to 99 wins this year, almost 100, because it was 99.6, according to Pakoda, and has the Yankees projected amongst the highest scoring teams in the league, second only to the Dodgers, when the Yankees were barely above, they were barely above uh, a couple of teams. They were in 12th last year and run scored. The Yankees were not a good offense last year. They have made no significant changes to the team unless you are expecting Josh Donaldson to somehow find the fountain of youth again and be a productive hitter, which he hasn't been for four and a half years now. I don't understand this. I don't understand how we are penciling in similar projections for Stanton and Judge yet giving the Yankees more runs scored than what they put up last year, expecting bigger numbers from Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo when, again, Rizzo's on the tail end of his career. We, we, could, we, could, we could try to make an argument that like somehow he's going to be better than he has been in year, years past and be, be uh, the equivalent of when he was in the rookie with Chicago. We, we could go with, with the early three years with Rizzo if we, if we want to lie to ourselves. Sure. We, we can go down that road. We could try to say that Joey Gallo is going to be a productive hitter at this stage of his career when he's a four-outcome hitter where it's either bomb, walk, which doesn't happen that often, but still so it can happen they, that he walks. Or the most likely scenario, strikeout looking or strikeout swinging. Those are the four outcomes. He's not doing much else. I mean, we can, we can lie to ourselves and say that they're going to be more productive, but I, you know, outside of Glaber Torres, there's not a whole lot on this offense that I'm necessarily jumping up and down for because we don't even know where DJ LeMahieu's playing. He's floating around there in the ether because he doesn't have a set role on the team because of the Donaldson acquisition. Because, again, he's not playing short. They they traded for Connor Kalefa. I can't wait to see how this implodes in their face. Connor Kalefa is not a major league hitter. He he was struggling mightily on the last-place Rangers team to hit. Donaldson was struggling on a last-place Twins team to hit. These are your major acquisitions for offense. And they were talking about Kalefa's glove for defensive purposes. Yeah, sure, but he still has to be able to hit on that roster. Even if you stick him at the bottom of the order, he's still going to be a well below average hitter. It doesn't matter. And the Yankees keep talking themselves into saying how they coach these guys up into being better hitters. If you were that great at doing that, then Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar would still be on the roster. So, you know. Not for nothing. It's 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 kind of a false narrative that the Yankees dramatically make hitters better. But yeah, I I don't understand the projections on the Yankees, and you know I'm seeing it across the board. I have not seen a single place pencil the Yankees in 
for less than 90 wins this year. I I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Everywhere I keep seeing keeps pegging the Red Sox and the Rays for massive drop-offs in wins and production-wise, when realistically their rosters are pretty much on par with the Yankees in terms of what they've been able to do. I don't understand how everyone's stating that the Rays can't put up runs when we saw them put up runs last year. That roster isn't dramatically different. Yes, they've made they've made uh, they've made some trades. Yes, they trade also. Uh, uh, I'm seeing the news report today of Austin Meadows getting traded, but that's not a major cog of their offense. Wanda Franco is still there. He's still going to get be getting better. I I just don't understand how the modeling is being applied here. It doesn't to me. It doesn't really make a whole ton of sense that what the Red Sox and Rays are doing somehow is going to fail, yet what the Yankees are going to do is going to click right off the bat, and they're not going to struggle early on, and they're going to keep hitting throughout the summer. That's what the models are basically telling us, that the the Yankees' struggles the last few years early in the season were an aberration. They're going to be a dominant offense this year. Off of what? I don't know, because... Last year was the aberration of where you have both Judge and Stanton healthy for large swaths of the season. In my, the artist formerly known as Jean, uh, the artist formerly known as Mike Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, and his twelve years in the uh, uh, major leagues. Do you want to guess how many times he's had consecutive seasons with over five hundred at bats? Anyone want to take a guess? The answer is once. He has had one time in his career where he's had over 500 at-bats in consecutive years. You literally have to go back to his last year with the Marlins and his first year with the Yankees for the only time in his career he had over 500 at-bats in consecutive years. He had uh, just under 600 with the Marlins in his last year. He played uh, almost a full season. He played almost a full season with the Yankees, had over 600 at-bats, and that Yankees first year is considered lackluster by what fans were expecting because, remember, when Stanton was acquired, people were expecting the 59-60 home run Stanton. People were talking up how Stanton and Judge could possibly hit over 110 home runs in a single year when their forces are combined. Let me tell you what Stanton and Judge have done combined over the last four years together. 2018, their best year together. Literally. Until last year, this was their best year. That first year, Stanton had 38 bombs, Judge had 27. I mean, you know, 2019, Stanton Stanton was injured. Along with Judge, like we we barely got anything out out of uh, either player, and I and I know this is why I I keep kind of shaking my head that with folks like just banking on these numbers, the Yankees talent doesn't really uh, derive from Stanton and Judge. Yet they are the biggest. 
I would say I would say that the time drains in terms of the roster. You can't do a whole lot with either one of them. Uh, Judge uh, had uh, uh, played a hundred hundred and two games that uh, in twenty nineteen with under four hundred plate appearances. You know, we uh, he had he put up numbers when he could actually play. So the twenty seven bombs. You know, everyone kept saying what a great year it was, but this is where. I kind of look at it, and again, people think I'm overly harsh and critical of Aaron Judge. It's not that I'm saying, because in terms of war, he's an excellent player because defensively he's a good outfielder. The problem is, is that his hitter profile lines up so similarly to the approach that you see from Stanton and now Gallo. Gallo just happens to be a left-handed hitter, but all three of these hitters basically like waiting on pitches and don't like swinging at stuff that they don't feel is in their zone. But guess what? The umpires are going to call this uh, strikes regardless. So I don't see how this is necessarily behooving anyone We keep talking about the Aaron Judge contract extension. What actually needed to happen, and I will keep saying this, but it won't happen because they've now full committed themselves to 50 million of jobs on top of the Stanton contract that you can't move unless you packaged it. You have a case where last year, Stanton and Judge. Stan put up 35 home runs with a 273 average. He, he was slugging five, uh, uh, five, uh, 516. Good numbers offensively. But he, he can only DH. Judge put up 39 bombs with a 287 average. Slugging 544. And people, I know you guys are going to be saying, Dwayne, these are great numbers. Here's the problem. If you're looking at their splits, their numbers going if you're going through how how it played out they needed to go into august to get uh, their number like they needed may and uh so for judge uh, i'm going at judge in particular judge hit 10 home runs in september Eight in August, so the bulk you can already tell the bulk of his home run production came when it was hot. He had to hit 355 in August, and this is what people keep remembering is the August Judge had not when he was basically scuffling throughout uh, most of June, and even into July he was pretty bad overall when he. Uh, but he, people will make the injury excuse. It was the August that people will keep remembering. So they remember how he finished the year, not how he was struggling for most of the year until he got hot. If you look at Stanton's numbers, same deal. Nine home runs in August, 10 home runs in September. The bulk of the year, he was 214 in July with two home runs. These guys are, I keep saying this, if we're being honest with ourselves, 
throughout both large swaths of the year, when they are cold, they are so ice cold, and they are in the heart of your lineup. This is why the Yankees keep struggling to put up consistent offense. Their overall run scored are not reflective of what you would expect a top caliber team to do. Period. The Dodgers are so much more consistent than the Yankees. The Astros, you know, even post uh, signal cheating gate, buzzer gate, however you want to slice it, far more consistent. The Yankees are one of the most feast or famine teams throughout, yet the models keep saying as though the Yankees are this efficient juggernaut. They're really not. So the wins that the Yankees keep being, these phantom wins, these um, uh, projection models keep giving the Yankees, I have to call BS on. And when you are this wrong, it starts affecting the rest of the projections because Toronto realistically could win 95 to 98 games this year. As tough as that division is, the Blue Jays are younger, better hitters across the board, and the pitching staff are is on par with the Yankees and the Red Sox at this point because the Chris Sale news is a massive blow to the Red Sox because they don't have a top-end ace. They're going to try to do it with smoke and mirrors again from a pitching staff standpoint and use the bullpen similar to what the Yankees do. It's just that the Red Sox have been more efficient than the Yankees in terms of their resources. Now, I'm not going to pretend and say that the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs, but the way the projections are carrying on and the odds are carrying on as though the Yankees are a lock to make the playoffs, I'll be honest, the 3-1 the to one odds, so the Yankees not making the playoffs is plus 300. I, you know, they're a... If you were looking at odds here, this is one of the more clear-cut bets, in my opinion, you can make preseason. Because everyone keeps penciling in the Yankees for 90. Uh, the, the line is at 91 and a half. Because of the models, everyone keeps projecting the Yankees on the over. I, you know, maybe the Yankees get to 92 wins. That might not be enough. If one of the teams in the AL East doesn't perform, and the others can naturally jump on that, whether it's Tampa or uh, Boston. I think Toronto's going to be there regardless, just because of their age and how their hitting continues to improve. They got Matt Chapman to solve their problem at third base, even if Chapman isn't to full health from hit because he was recovering from hip surgery last year. Even if Chapman isn't at full uh, full gear, still uh, to what he was. It's still an improvement over what they were doing with Kevon Biggio, amongst others, at third base, because that was the hole on on that uh, lineup. It's still a better lineup than what the Yankees are trotting out. That people are projecting to be this juggernaut. I don't. I don't get the numbers. I really don't get the numbers. Like to me, that that was one of the eye popping stats where I just said, "Whoa, models are wrong," because if you look at the AL West. People are thinking the Angels are going to be good. Maybe, maybe not. But the Astros should be there. Seattle, because of the fleece trade they got with the Reds, getting Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, I think Seattle could be a 
trouble spot in terms of wild card implications because if Seattle can get somewhere between 80 uh, 85 to 88 wins depending on how the wild card races go as i said if some of these teams underperform you could get a spot where you can get an AL West team sneaking into the wild card somehow and bumping off an AL East team the AL East managed to get away with it before now i don't believe in the twins because of the Carlos Correa signing. So I think, if anything, the biggest benefit in the AL Central is the fact that you know Cleveland, uh, you know, I'm not going to call them the Guardians. I'm just going to say the team formerly known as Major League. Uh, You know, they're in a fire sale. They're going to trade Jose Ramirez most likely. So you know they're trying to tank. Detroit is getting better. Not there yet, I don't think. The Royals are just kind of existing. You know, they won their World Series, and now they're back to 20 years of futility with and just playing the young guys. But the Royals could win, still win 75 games. I don't know what Cleveland's really doing because they could trade most of that pitching staff before midseason, and it wouldn't shock me. So that Royal, uh, that Cleveland team, could, you could have someone in the AL Central show up. I don't think it's the Twins. I would think it's probably Detroit. But if it is the Twins, it's more proof putting, proof in the pudding that it was an addition by subtraction dealing Josh Donaldson than anything else. Because the Twins were able to get Correa off that trade. I will keep saying how horrendous that trade was by the Yankees. I cannot get over the fact that you actually inherited Josh Donaldson and picked up the salary, picked up his salary. It's one of the most idiotic trades I've seen in quite some time. And the White Sox are still a better squad than the Yankees. If you're looking at the hitting, if you're looking at the pitching, the uh, pitching, the bullpen, I think it's kind of a wash. I think the White Sox have a better hit, are a better lineup. There are a number of teams capable of sneaking in the back door to take away a wild card spot from the AL East. It's not a given that you're going to get both wild card teams out of the AL East again. So I'm just saying the projections on the Yankees are way off. In my opinion, I think it's far more likely that the Yankees win under 86 games than it is that they win 95 or more. I I think uh, you're asking a lot from the Yankees with the way that roster's constructed because Garrett Cole had an excellent year last year. Yes, he got blown up a couple of times by the Red Sox, but he still had a 320, uh, 328 ERA. Like that ERA was still solid. He still put up big numbers. I have no idea what to expect out of Luis Severino, and you're counting on big innings from Jordan Montgomery. I like I keep saying this like the Yankees had a pretty solid pitching overall despite everything last year. If you look at the totality, the starting pitching was solid. The bullpen finally started wearing out, which is what we kept worrying about over these years of overtaxing the bullpen. It was going to catch up to you one of these years. And it happened to be last year. I have no idea if the bullpen bounces back because they brought back a number of similar guys uh, this year. I. I don't know. I just think it's wildly optimistic 
how the Yankees were projected this year, and it's going to throw off how these standings go. It, it just is, because you also have to factor in that the Yankees have a season series where you're playing at least eight games in Toronto. At least eight games. Probably more, if I, if I have the season. But I believe it's eight games uh, in total in, uh, in Toronto this year. No one's saying anything. We know Rizzo can't play. No one's saying anything about Judge because they, they don't want to get into the vaccine debate. But it's pretty obvious that Aaron Judge is not vaccinated. He's been very vocal about his support of Kyrie Irving, this, that, and the other. He cannot play in, in Toronto. He cannot play in Canada. That That is just a country mandate from Canada. If you're unvaccinated, you cannot enter the country. No one's talking about this. It, you, the Yankees have games where you know they're going to be uh, understaffed that you're going to have to deal with. It's not being factored in. So, again, full season, we're going to get 162. We'll, uh, as, as, as they say, they're going to squeeze in. They're going to squeeze. Uh, they're going to squeeze in uh, these games. I just think that overall, you're going to have fewer breaks, obviously, because they they don't have to. They don't have the luxury of uh, the off days because of the, uh, the how the lockout panned out. You could you could get a Yankees team that is older, not as talented. Look uh, d- down down uh, behind the eight ball early in the season, and then they're scrambling, and, they, and it won't work out this time. So, just being honest with you, folks, plus 300 for the Yankees not to make the playoffs, not that crazy. Now, I know a number of you are sick and tired of hearing me talk about the Yankees, and you want to hear about, what about the other teams involved? Well, here's the long and short of it. In terms of the overall projections, I think most of the other places are pretty accurate, uh, to be honest. I do think uh, uh, some of the shops are a bit too negative on... San Francisco Giants. Uh, yes, will there be regression based off of what they were able to do last year? Sure. I don't think necessarily to predict, and that's where some of the projections are coming in at, that the Giants are going to be a below 500 team. I think, again, you're being a bit too overly negative because uh, I've seen some places have them at 80 wins, 79 wins. I've seen other places put them at 83 wins. You know, I don't think it's crazy that the Giants win 90 games again this year. Uh, uh, at least win at least 90 games. I mean, they were a 101 team. Uh, they were the best team in baseball, not named the Dodgers. Yes, I know the Braves won, but let's be honest for ourselves here. The Braves got hot. They got hot with the bats. Uh, I don't think the Braves were the best team. I think the Braves were the hottest team. I don't think they were the best team. Uh, to win, but they got hot. I thought the Giants and the Dodgers were the two best teams in baseball last year, and it was pretty clear based off of the numbers that the Dodgers and the Giants were the two best teams. The Padres have the talent. Everyone knows the Padres have the talent, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is injured. Everyone's still penciling in the, uh, the Padres for at least 90 wins and just discounted the Giants. I think that's kind of a mistake. but. You know, the 
projected uh in terms of the sports book, the projected uh, total for the Giants was at eighty five and a half wins. Same as the Red Sox. You know where I already stand on the Yankees and the inflated win total. I think the Red Sox taking the over on the eighty five and a half is more than reasonable. The Rays, it's a little bit more dicey because the Rays were at eighty nine and a half. The Giants being eighty five and a half, I think also a worthwhile shot. The Cardinals also at eighty five and a half. Like there were a number of odds totals that to me, I look at it. I'm looking at the division. I'm looking at the quality competition. The Cardinals are worthwhile at taking a shot on being on the uh, over because we kind of know this Cubs team is rebuilding. I don't know why we are trying to give them more wins than they had last year. The Cubs only won 71 games last year, and they are demonstrably worse this year, in my opinion. I don't see the Reds being anywhere close to competitive because they did the fire sale. They won 83 games last year. Their their win total is at 74.5. I don't think they come close to that. The Reds literally are trying to tank again uh, and save payroll. If they win 70 games, I think that's more of an accomplishment. I think taking the under on the Reds is worthwhile. I think taking the under on the Cubs is worthwhile. So if I'm taking the under on the Reds and the, and, and the Cubs, that means I got to be a little bit more bullish on the Cardinals uh, because people are already back in the Brewers uh, for 88 and a half. I don't think there's anything wrong with take, going back to that well again, knowing the division being as weak as it is. I mean, the Pirates are an afterthought. You know, again, one of the worst teams in baseball, right there with uh, the, uh, the Diamondbacks uh, and the O's. I don't think it, it's uh, that wrong to be taking the over on the Cardinals and Brewers and be under on the Cubs and Reds. I I don't see how you can make a case that the Cubs are better than they were last year. And the Reds are certainly worse than last year. I just don't think the regression people are baking in for the Rays and the Red Sox are what they should be baking in for the Reds. That's a team that's truly taken a step back. So I don't know. I, I just found the projections to be weird this year in terms of how they bro- broke it down, uh, based off of like, uh, if you're looking at the the odds makers versus the projections, and even the odds makers are being influenced by the projections, because again, I just don't. I look at that Yankees line of ninety one and a half wins, and I just think it's aggressive. I think it's aggressive. I, I think it's far easier path for the Astros and the White Sox to get to ninety two and above than it is for the Yankees this year. It's, it's just. It's just the math when you kind of look at the division and, you know, the quality of the division versus what you can get in other spots. I think it's easier to just go in other places. So, you know, I'll circle back to the Yankees to miss the playoffs plus 300. That is a worthwhile bet based off of some of these other teams. And, you know, other squads have sold off so you can get a wild card team. That's not the Yankees. People are banking on the Yankees winning the division, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's clear that they're better than Toronto. The projections say they are. I don't—I just don't know how they're justifying it. 
I really don't. It, it, it's kind of baffling to me uh, how the Yankees are that highly projected to be that much better than the rest of the division. I, you know, I'm being honest. Construction wise, they are the fourth best team in that division, in my opinion. It, it's it's a lot of holes and question marks that I don't think they have great answers to. It's a bullpen is still uh, not quite where it needs to be. And I think Chapman's done, and I think they wore out Zach Britton. The Yankees' bullpen may struggle again this year. It, it's not as though when, uh, when, that, uh, when the rubber breaks that you can, put, you can put it back together again and it's good as new. I, I, I think once it breaks, it breaks. So I, I think the strength of the Yankees' bullpen is kind of gone, and now it's whatever's left over that they're going to have to work with. and. You know, I just think there are way better spots to target in the AL. And in the NL, I think you can jump on some of these really weak teams. So that's why I don't like the projection on the Mets trying to target them for 91 wins. Like, they're at 90 and a half tied with the Braves. Yeah, could the Braves undergo some regression? Yeah, but, you know, the... Like I said, the Braves got hot at the right time last year. They were struggling mightily in the beginning of the year. And unlike the Yankees, because they are playing in a much weaker division, you can get away with that and not have to go into uh, uh, a playing game situation. I don't know if uh, Atlanta will have the same struggles. But I do know they were going to have that room for error because, you know, not for nothing, uh, the Marlins didn't make that significant of a jump. Part of the reason why Jeter left was he wanted to rebuild that lineup to be more competitive for an actual postseason run. The Phillies, we still have a lot of question marks about the pitching staff in a very hitter-friendly ballpark that they're going to have to figure out a way of uh, getting enough out of their pitching staff to stretch out games. Big question marks there. And the Mets, yeah, they spent a ton of money, but DeGrom has been injury prone lately. And we know Scherzer is good for an injury or two at this stage of his career. It just depends on the length of the DL stint. What could derail the Mets is injuries. And it's very, very possible that that squad gets banged up during the year. So it's hard to feel great about the projection for the Mets because a lot of it is factoring. Yeah, they'll have shorter injury stints because if, if they weren't factoring in injuries, the, the Mets will be projected for 97 wins. And, and everyone's cognizant that they are going to have injuries. I just think it's hard to say a team's going to have injuries, but don't worry, it'll all work out. It should, but. From a projection standpoint, I think the Mets projection being at around 91 wins and the line being at around 92 wins, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. It's a fair assessment. That's why it's not a great bet either way because it get, it can underperform it or it can overperform it. I think the line is just right. That's not what we're in the business of doing. It's like the same with the Braves line. It's like the teams that I want to be picking on are in the NL Central. The NL lease lines. I feel are pretty accurate overall. NL West, 
right in the same boat. The only one I would quibble about would be the Giants in, in terms of uh, the over-under on wins. So, again, in terms of these lines, you know, not too many spots to harp on, but the most glaring is the Yankees. I, I just think they're over-projected. And there's no getting around it. If the Yankees are overprojected, that means you got to bump up some of these AL East teams because they're, the the lines on the AL East are being deflated because everyone's so high on the Yankees. And I just think that's a wrong approach. So that's my take. Obviously, we'll see how the season plays out. Uh, I know some of you were interested in my fantasy ranking, so I'll find a way of uh, having my rankings posted. Uh, I, I tried to address uh, the Chris Sale situation um, by rerunning numbers, so uh, hopefully uh, that is reflected in the rankings. But um, yeah, it's it's not the easiest in the world to kind of uh, go about uh, doing these rankings. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think. Uh, it's a case where, you know, we, we try to make sense of what we can, but I, you know, I'll rank the players, but it's like, I feel very comfortable in fading most of the Yankees players outside of Garrett Cole and, uh, Labor Torres. Everyone else, I, I feel confident fading because I, I just think that it's overly optimistic how they've been projected as a whole. And I think people are buying into the media narrative a bit too much about the Yankees getting back uh, uh, on top uh, and being motivated by people saying that they didn't spend enough. Like, you know, whether or not the Yankees spent enough, it it still didn't address the core root of the problems that they face was that there are multiple questions on the starting rotation uh, in terms of durability. And the hitting is way too inconsistent to be considered a top tier team. Is like you banking on having superlative two month stretches is not a conducive formula for success long term as you stretch out a season. And the Yankees were cold for wide swaths of the year last year where their pitching kept them in the playoff race, not the hitting. It was the pitching that kept them in the race, even with the bullpen struggles. I don't know if we can necessarily bank on that happening again this year. So that'll do it for me. Uh, as I said, we will be talking through the Masters uh, a little. Uh, we'll probably uh, hit that uh, Wednesday, but uh, we'll see how it goes. So, but uh, that's all for now. Uh, thanks again for listening. And until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.